1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm Rose Wittewitt, and I hope that you are still hanging in there because, well, hey, the Bears found a way to come out with a victory for the first time since October as they beat the Houston Texans 36-7 in a game where you saw some good things from, well, all three phases. I'm Rose Wittewitt. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, you and I got to watch this game virtually together, so I kind of already know Uh, your normal mood right now but uh, just curious uh, what's your just if you can summarize this
2: game in let's do it one word I haven't done that in a while what would it be surprising uh, I think just just to see how the Bears are able to dominate like you were kind of saying well we saw some good things in all three phases given how the Bears have been playing on the six game losing streak you can point to each side of the football and say well there's a problem there's a problem and maybe there are games where all of them uh, have these same problems but in this game against Houston at home, they changed that narrative a bit. And all sides came together in what was a dominant victory over the Houston Texans. Not a good football team, but I think surprising was was the word for me. I can't really find a better one for it. I mean,
1: you chose the Texans to beat the Bears in our preview. I had the Bears winning, and I was on defense, but I thought I can get my game back, which I did, uh, which is exciting. So now we're tied here on the season for our weekly pick But no one thought the Bears were going to win like this, and they didn't play down to their opponent. They played with a sense of urgency, passion, and aggression that we have not seen from this unit, uh, this entire football team, in quite some time. So as we kind of just jump into our Week 14 opening drive, uh, obviously we saw some, as you said, surprises across the board. Nick, what would be perhaps uh, the biggest surprise? Was it the Bears – offense's ability to you know play, again, the second half, not so much, but put up over 30 points in the first half and have sustained scoring drives and maybe changing some things up, or was it more uh, the defense that's been giving up a lot of yards, giving up a lot of points, also kind of coming back to uh, playing to the level that we're used to from them?
2: You know, what? well, I think I'm actually going to go, my surprise for this game would be how the defense really played well. I thought this is a game where Deshaun Watson would come in and absolutely tear up the spares defense look what just happened last week to detroit and sunday night with green bay obviously some good quarterbacks there and deshaun watson is one of those guys but to hold him to just 219 yards and one touchdown and he did make some plays he did do that he's going to do that but how the defense overall was able to force those turnovers get watson off his game a little bit in terms of where he can throw the ball and give it to the lack of weapons that he had this game that was surprising for me because we had not seen this Bears pass rush become a factor in the game. Six sacks today, clearly they were. And just playing overall good football, and, you know, uh, I would say in the six-game losing streak. So I think uh, like the, the points in the first half by, by, by the Bears' offense was great. But I think more surprising, again, was just how the defense played lights out.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, biggest surprise, if you want to look at just one, one singular surprise, maybe had the Bears start off on offense, right? That 80-yard run uh, to David yeah. Montgomery to kind of kick things off uh, once they got on the field. And that was the third longest run in the NFL this season, the longest Bears run since 1988. So, I mean, that's a one-play surprise. But uh, for me, Nick, uh, when I'm looking at surprises, I think it's the Bears' offense. The identity was a little bit different than we've seen doing things that we've been asking them to do, tailoring to Mitch's strengths and uh, not uh, really abandoning the run, which was a topic that we had in our preview show, wondering even with Elite, lead, if they would continue to try to pound it on the ground. And even though they didn't have as much success in the second half with it, they did keep it on the ground, kill some of that clock and kept to it. Uh, So that's another perhaps surprise uh, for me. But as we kind of work through this, uh, first quarter of our show. Let's go ahead and get into our Miller Lite uh, monster moment. And, Nick, my monster moment for this game, looking at everything, it's going to be Roquan Smith's safety uh, in that second quarter. Uh, I love the play design. I love how they had Roquan Smith blitzing off the edge, the same edge as Khalil Mack. So when you have Roquan and Mack coming off that edge, and Roquan has speed. Uh, to be uh, you know, an edge rusher if needed. We don't see it a lot, and it worked out tremendously here. He and Matt getting in there for that sack, that safety. And the game was 14-7 at the time. That turned it into 16-7, and the Bears answered on offense with a touchdown. And from that point forward, uh, the Bears just opened up that game, uh, and they were able to kind of keep their foot on the throat that is the Houston Texans. So for me, I thought that was a big – turning point where i think the bears themselves got some of that inner confidence that belief and they're like you know what we're gonna win this damn game and for a team that hasn't won since october uh, having a moment like that I, I think it's big and the fact that it happened so early and they're able to capitalize on offense to play some of that complimentary football that we have not seen in Chicago is huge. Uh, so for me, that safety was a defining moment of this game, and I'm going to make it my monster moment for that reason alone. Nick, how about you? What's going to be your monster moment for this game?
2: Yeah, so it, it's going to be the actually the Allen Robinson three-yard touchdown reception that puts the Bears up 30-7 to seven going into halftime. And why that's my monster moment is because everything that really happened before it, we talked while we were just watching the game live, Will, how many times have we seen Bears drive stall after a negative play happens? On that 11-play 77-yard drive, the second play of that drive is a false start by, by Bars, and there's also a sack Mitch takes. I think it's an eight yard loss, if I'm not mistaken. But despite the Bears having these setbacks, what we have not seen from this offense is them able to overcome them and end with the result a touchdown right before halftime. That's that's not something we saw very often. So for them to overcome these mistakes earlier in the drive 11 plays, 77 yards, and then with that Allen Robinson touchdown reception that put the game out of reach. Even for Deshaun Watson, that offense, given how they were playing, they most likely weren't coming back from that. And obviously the score of seven to thirty six reflects that. But I think that was just huge for not just the Bears to obviously score points, but moving forward, like, hey, the drive doesn't have to end when something bad happens. It's we can overcome these things. So I thought that was just huge for the mentality of the offense and obviously for the score of the game, going up thirty to seven at halftime absolutely really good monster moment there nick and uh, as you and i were
1: talking about during our live in-game show the bears early on their ability to overcome setbacks and drives uh, was a sight for sore eyes it's been far too long since we've seen them have that sort of capability and it was a big reason why at least in the first half they're able to put up uh, as many points As they did. But of course, our monster moment is brought to you by our sponsor at Miller Lite. And during this time of just social distancing, celebrating a Bears win like today with friends over a beer, it may look a little different. But as the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. And even though things do look a little bit different and you can't really celebrate the way that you have in the past, it's still very important to stay connected. And everyone's doing it a little bit differently. So, you know, some are stuck in a house with their roommates or their partners. Others are back at home with their family. Uh, Some, like you and me, Nick, right now, are keeping our interactions uh, just strictly digital. But it doesn't matter how you are embracing this time right now, as long as you are still finding yourself enjoying Miller time during a game, whether it's your man cave, your living room, your garage. For me, it's my office. Um, But, of course, uh, no matter how you celebrate, it's it's all the same in the end. So no matter where you're watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and (laughs) 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. This is our week 14 Bears-Texans postgame show. The Bears found a way to win their first game, snapping their six game losing streak. So finally, Nick, we get to talk about a uh, Bears victory, which I have a smile on my face to start off the show, which can't remember the last time that thing happened. When you're looking at the box score, Nick, either individual or team, is there a stat uh, that kind of stands out to you uh, for better or for worse?
2: Yeah, well, and I think with this one, I I, I think the, the big an obvious stat for a defense I talked about earlier is a 6x and coming from a multitude of different people to get Deshaun Watson to the ground and actually finish plays. Not an easy easy task to do by this Bears defense or any defense in, in the NFL, given how he's been playing this season, but the Bears, and even early on in this game, it didn't look like that was going to be the case for this Bears defense. There were times where the Bears had opportunities to get Deshaun Watson, but later as the game kind of progressed, as the Bears kind of asserted their dominance on all three phases, we saw the sacks also come with that dominance. And that, that's that been great to see you guys. And within this six game le- losing streak, I believe the Bears have eight sacks to, to show for it. They had six against Deshaun Watson, and that Houston Texas offensive line is not good. It, it really isn't. It's got its problem. That's why Deshaun Watson is one of the more sacked QBs in the league, but we've always talked about too on this podcast well can the bears capitalize on the the weaknesses that the the opposing team has this game they did and it was nice to see that you know Cleo Mack gets a sack we have um just guys that are getting into the backfield that you expect and they were able to finish this game and Bilal Nichols just having a good stretch of games too you can single out these guys that are supposed to have an impact on his defense they're now doing that and So I think the six sacks is going to be my my telling stat for today. I like that a lot. I'll switch over to the offense for mine, and I'll look at what
1: they've been able to do in the red zone. Uh, They were uh, 3-4 of down there today, having to settle for a field goal uh, later on in the game. But in the first half, they did find themselves in the red zone three separate times, and each time they found a way uh, to punch it in. And I know that they were mentioning on the broadcast that the last few games, the Bears have been pretty efficient in the red zone. The issue has been getting down there, but the fact they found three trips in one half where the Texans, they only got down there twice for the entire game. And we've seen games where the Bears have been either shut out of the red zone, uh, only one trip, one solo uh, trip down there. So for me, uh, seeing that Bears offense move, sustain drives, get into scoring position, and execute uh, with the perfect uh, red zone scoring percentage in the first half to me is going to be uh, stat that, like you, Nick, the game was able to kind of get out of reach early, and if they would have struggled, if they would have just had to settle for field goals, which, knowing this Bears offense, it could have been the reality. I mean, that changes the entire dynamic of this game early on, keeps Houston in the thick of it, and the Bears offense in the second half didn't do a lot. So, you, and that could have been because they took things easier with the lead, took their foot off the gas for a bit, but we've also seen this Bears offense struggle mightily uh, after halftime, so the fact that You know, they were able to kind of pad a lead and extend it. Uh, I think it's huge uh, in a game like we saw today. So that's going to be my telling stat uh, for this week. And, Nick, as we jump into the second quarter of our show, it's time to look at this Chicago Bears offense just uh, a little deeper. What's your top-level takeaway? And if there's anything specific that you wanted to kind of kick off our conversation with when it comes to that Bears offense?
2: Yeah, I think, Will, you you highlight it earlier on i think it's just what the bears were doing in terms of play action bootlegs for mitch trubisky that just made things really easy completions for the guy it it wasn't like he had to put the ball in a spot where there was a bunch of defenders cole comets on the flat by himself give him the ball anthony miller we saw that as well they really attacked the the edges went horizontal in terms of trying to stretch this this houston texans defense and it was working and look, we were as we were kind of talking about this live. Well, we're like, where was this all season? Like, why can't this be the identity of the Bears? For a quarterback that is pretty athletic in Trubisky, you can't take that away from him. He does have some athletic traits. This should be what the Bears should want to do. You do this and complement this with a good rushing attack, which David Montgomery's shown in the last two, now three games this should be something that i think bears fans should expect to see because they can actually run it and run it pretty effectively at times look they put up 36 points or 34 with the safety right but i think that was my biggest takeaway is that it's not like bill laser did anything crazy overcomplicated, or even you know even creative in a sense it was just utilizing the rollouts at efficient times to attack these houston texans defenders when they vacated their spots and That put the Bears' offense, I think, in more prime positions to sustain drives and ultimately score points. I agree with you there. I would say that when you do run the ball uh, effectively
1: early, it's easier to do that. Uh, When you start off with an 80-yard run, they're going to start to respect it and have to double down on that. Uh, And then even the second series, we were talking about it. They tried sticking to the run, and it wasn't working. And then you go out there the third time, and that's when you start using some play action, getting Trubisky on the move. And what I liked, too, was... trying to push the ball down the field too much. Uh, the Texans were playing off a bit, so they're just taking what the defense gave them underneath, uh, utilizing crossing routes, getting guys into open space. Mitch was hitting them in stride so they can turn up field, which is another issue we have seen throughout this season. And also with those crossing routes, getting some of that congestion in the middle of the field, that extra traffic that we've seen offenses pick apart the Bears' defense by doing. And I think the Bears kind of utilize that a little bit, learn from it. Uh, was able to apply it today and that was keeping things easy for mitch whether it's you know keeping his progressions down because he cut the field in half off the boot uh getting him some decent protection putting him on a move where he's comfortable and then even mitch today too uh, with even some pressure having to change up his delivery we saw a couple of those side arm throws i thought it just i think everyone was in sync today didn't feel like the offense was really uh, out of whack and people weren't on the same page it felt like everyone kind of knew the plan coming in and they executed it which again It's sad that this is probably the best I felt about a unit, and it took until week 14, and we know the Texans' defense is not good. They've been playing better, though, over the last month, but the Bears, for some reason, uh, were their kryptonite and kind of made them play uh, like they did earlier on this season. But yeah, I thought, at least in the first half, everything was in sync. They were 3-5 of on third down at the half. Uh, Unfortunately, 0-5 on third down in the second half, which... I'm curious, Nick, did you see anything different from the Bears? Was it lack of urgency, them taking it a little bit too easy? Did the Texans make some adjustments? I'm just curious what you thought because when I was checking the stats before we went live, I was like, oof. I didn't know it was that bad on third
2: down the second half, but there it was. Yeah, I think um, we were even talking about it too, like that that bootleg game was working so well that Houston eventually, you know, put players in position to maybe stay home and be – in the passing window where it normally would be open so they kind of adjusted and you give credit to the houston techs for doing that but i would say what you mentioned there the the urgency to to i maybe keep pushing the ball down for or just i guess keep the scoring going wasn't there like it was in the first half and i think that you when we obviously i think maybe rewatch this game we could say like well with a bears offense that's been as bad as it has like should take every opportunity like they are down or that because that's when the bears love to just try try different things but maybe that was also a factor in trying to why why the third down percentage what it what it wasn't so yeah it, it's again when you're up 30 to seven at half you shouldn't give the defense opportunities to possibly make that margin a little bit slimmer but you, you gotta like how the bears really capitalized, put this game away in the first half to where Whatever happened in the second half, not that you don't give weight to it, but you still won the game by a good amount of points here.
1: And there were a few missed opportunities. I remember a few drops that were talking about. Oh, we should have had that catch, or that wasn't the best throw from Mitch in terms of uh, leading guy, a little bit of pressure got to him. So I think it's a combination of some of the old things we saw from the Bears, Houston playing some good, better defense, making some adjustments, and uh, probably the Bears as well, that sense of, urgency going down just a little bit and going more into kill the clock game management mode but again if you do convert on third down you can play some of those eight minute offenses and really kind of ice a game away which the Bears still have a hard time uh, doing but yet again when you lose six in a row obviously you can't be good at icing games because you're never in a position to do so I guess they were last week too um, but we're not gonna talk um, about that one. Let's talk about Mitch though specifically because he started off hot. Uh, we are we actually got to a point where we we're like, hey, is he actually going to have an incompletion this drive? Because he started <laughs> uh, perfect for quite some while. He finished the game uh, 24 of 33 uh, with the three touchdowns, 126.7 rating uh, with someone who's was benched, was injured, coming back, and the Bears offense has scored more. And He's not going as tough a defense as Foles maybe was early on in his stretch too, but I think there are some positives to take away from Mitch's game. Uh, The play calling did help, but uh, what did you just think about uh, Mitch overall uh, from a decision-making standpoint, uh, throwing? I thought, again, he looked pretty cool, calm, and collected uh, early on. I mean, honestly, for the majority of this game, and uh, even though we all know his time in Chicago is short, uh, it was still good to see a game like this out of your former second overall pick, especially going up against a Deshaun Watson today.
2: Yeah, look, there's a lot, and he got asked about Deshaun Watson coming to town first meeting between the two and 2017 draft class. All that stuff's on his mind, right? And then probably you know, being benched and coming back, but he handled it like he handled his pressers that he gets every week. He always has a good answer, and he kind of played that way, having an answer for what the Texans were kind of bringing at him for most most times. And I think it just helped because the decisions he had to make off those bootlegs were right there in front of him. He didn't have to look anywhere else to, to find the open man. It was right there. So you take away the aspect that Trubisky struggles with the most, processing things. You don't have to pro- – you just react to, to throwing a ball to the wide open man. That's that's where Trubisky I think is at his best. And we saw that kind of happen in this game. And even the, the the touchdown pass that I was talking about earlier, that three-yard touchdown pass right to Allen Robinson right before the end of the half, it's Allen Robinson running a fantastic route to get away from the, the corner that's in coverage, but the linebacker's technically right there, but Mitch knows that I think there was a little bit of a run fake. The linebacker slowly moves that way and Trubisky just puts it to the spot where only Allen Robinson can get it. So ball placement was good today. Decision making was overall good. There were some of those throws that we mentioned. Like, yeah, they, maybe he shouldn't have put too much air on that ball and things of that nature, but you saw the different arm angles and you just saw a a guy that, not I don't want to say he didn't look like um, he, he cared, but he just was playing. He was playing football, and it worked out. So I wonder if that's something with the remaining games they have left. Just just let him go out there and throw the ball and make easy decisions and let his athletic ability put him in positions to maybe make bigger plays and see what you got there. But like you said, it probably is you know maybe a little too late, but see what you got. Yeah I don't want I'm not rooting
1: against the kid and any success he can have it's nice to see uh you know the ability to run the ball again I know it helped Uh, We did see a couple nice plays. What uh, what we look like RPOs, at least us on the live screen, where there's a lot of action to one side, and then Mitch pulls it and then fires it uh, to. uh, Hey, what do you know? An Allen Robinson, uh, a receiver running a slant and getting some inside leverage on -on one-on-one coverage. Uh, It's like, wow! Again, where has this been? And uh, on top of that, too, I think a lot of the keys, uh, whether it be you know Montgomery's touchdown run. Uh, Cole Komet running over some guys, too, but uh, Darnell Mooney's uh, what should have been touchdown, or if he didn't step out, it was very close, at least. A lot of good downfield blocking today, Nick. Uh, We didn't see a lot of that this season. There's been an issue with uh, the Bears whenever they try to run screens, uh, whenever they do get someone uh, out in the perimeter or anything like that, and we haven't seen... Uh, a lot of aggression. Uh, Javon Wims has been pretty good at blocking downfield, but we haven't said the same thing about Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. And I thought today uh, we did see some of that blocking from the receivers downfield, which did help uh, these running backs, uh, people who are catching the ball underneath and allowing them to get some of that yard after the catch as well. Uh, obviously, again, uh, the Texans defense is not great, but whenever you see an effort like that from your receivers and you're moving the ball, I think it's something you have to definitely point out and, and give some, you know, some praise to.
2: Yeah, well, I think the big thing too it goes with blocking downfield. It goes with Cole Komet looking like a, a young version of Baby Gronk out there. I'm going to say it not compared, but he was running over people, running through people. It's individual effort. We saw that from guys in all phases today, just doing the, the extra the extra step in a, in a specific play to make sure it works effectively. On the Darnell Mooney touchdown, it's Allen Robinson blocking. But Anthony Miller also takes out his guy right right below the legs, and that defender is now out of the play. It's individual guys like Cole Komet carrying people. There was a play where it was a, I believe it was a third down reception, but he catches it about, what, three or four yards short of the sticks, and it's Cole Komet spinning, stiff-arming a guy, and then going to to convert for the first down. Individual effort that maybe wasn't there in the previous six game losing streak but it all came together today and that's what winning football is all about see what happens when everyone commits a a 36 to 7 blowout like that's what you want to see but i think it all really came together today
1: it really did uh cole commit i mean we have to give him uh some due right now because his role has been just steadily growing it's been increasing uh, we were hopeful that it would continue to kind of trend in that direction, and it has today. I know he got uh, his four catches, 41 yards, but, Nick, it's what he's able to do after the catch in terms of if there's a DB around him, shoving him to the ground at the stiff arm. There's multiple times today where it took mo- uh, you know more than one defender uh, to bring down Komet, and you're looking at like three to four bodies around him before he's actually hitting the turf. Do you think that he's starting to build some of that inner confidence needed that's going to really help him maybe springboard next year because again rookie tight ends don't usually contribute a whole lot he's starting to grow into it now which gets me excited about what kind of player he can be in 2021
2: yeah absolutely well I just like how they're they're starting to really utilize him if you get Cole Komet in space Okay, what, what defenders really wanted to go and try to tackle that big-bodied guy? There's It takes, like you said, a couple of people to bring him down when he starts getting a full head of steam. And like you said, like this we've seen the snap count go in his direction for a few weeks now in terms of him versus Jimmy Graham. But you like what you're seeing. And maybe this isn't the offense that really is there for, for next year. Maybe it's a whole new offense that can even use him more effectively. But it is you know, it's a, it's going in a positive direction. You'll definitely take that. And you know, just to give Jimmy Graham a, a you know, like what he was able to do today. We saw early on in the first two weeks with being isolated, it was four receivers to the right side well and Mitch throws a perfect ball for Jimmy Graham to use his basketball background to box out the poor D B and it's an easy touchdown. They they've been going back to what they were doing the first two weeks of the season, where they had success on offense a little bit. Um, and it's, it really has worked. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from Cole Komet and when the Bears decide to use Jimmy Graham sparingly, it's worked. <laughs> Keyword, sparingly,
1: but just giving getting him the most bang for his buck. Like when he's out there, you can get a good return on it instead of having to force it to him. Earlier in drives where, you know, he's not going to provide a lot after the catch or anything like that. I think when it comes to Komet, Nick, today in particular – when I saw him making plays, I don't know about you, but didn't they kind of feel like reminiscent of how he was used more at Notre Dame?
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good way of putting it. Um, they just the Notre Dame offense really went through Cole Komet. And I, I won't say that it went through Cole Komet today for the Bears offense, but it just seemed like more times he was the feature guy on a specific play, like you have to give him the ball and now let him work and that's what they should do. He's the Bears' first pick, and I would definitely agree with that statement, Will. It's just, again, those crossing – like, whenever we were
1: going back and we were watching what he did at Notre Dame, it was a lot of those underneath stuff where he's able to catch and turn and just run over people, and it just – a few of those plays look very identical, and, again, why does it take 14 weeks to carve out a role for him? And, it again, we talked about that with Mitch, right? Tailoring to his strengths, and I think we saw that really from a lot of players today. We got Allen Robinson, the ball in space, where – Uh, he's able to make some damage I mean that one juke that he had right like the basketball move over one of the defenders was really neat right over the middle of the field he wasn't in a spot where Mitch was throwing him the ball and he had to lay on the ground to catch it like he was actually put in a position today to make additional yards after he gets the ball in his hands and that's something that we haven't been able to see out of Allen Robinson all too much so far this season I know Mooney got involved Miller got involved as well and uh, even though their total output, you know, two catches each for about 20 yards or so, wasn't huge, there were some key catches there. Uh, whether it be Mooney getting in there for the score, getting close at two inside the five as well, and uh, Anthony Miller coming in clutch with a big third down, and he runs out of bounds, but at least he picks that thing up too. It's it's nice to see. And I thought the Bears, uh, again, as much as we talked about their ability to kind of use the boot, I thought how they were crossing formations, the receivers as well, either cutting behind the offensive line to getting open in the flat or the crossers uh, uh, in the secondary area. Uh, Again, I just loved what I was able to see today from a schematic standpoint. Again, I can't wait to kind of dive into the All-22 to see it from a different perspective, but it just looked like guys were set up for success, which is something that's been lacking uh, as well. What else do you want to talk about with this Bears offense? We actually have things to talk about
2: yeah which is exciting um I did see someone in the chat say why did David Montgomery only get 11 carries and right and finish with 113 yards and look if you do take away the 80 yard run he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry on the remaining 10 carries right but I think still with David Montgomery you're still you're getting the bang bang for your buck from him like he's he's burst big runs in the past couple of games and I will take that from an offensive line if you're going to get a, a huge run for a running back to put you in a position to score a touchdown, you know, a play later, in today's case, an ADR touchdown. Um, I would like to see the Bears more effective maybe in the second half when they do give David Montgomery to carry the ball to effectively run out the clock. Yes, of course, they can improve in that aspect, but you got to like what David Montgomery's been doing for this offense, whether it is having, look, three receptions for 42 yards, in the passing game or the 113 yards, the second straight um, or not second straight in a row, but two 100 yard games a back to back or in this three week span. That's what you want to see from him because he's capable of it. So um, I know he didn't get maybe the
0: carry. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
2: To go with what we would like to see, but still, it's a very effective game plan for, for Dave Montgomery. and He can still be utilized, I think, in, in even more ways.
1: And again, I, I would take his three catches as more of extension of the running game, just giving him touches. And if you add those in, uh, it's over 150 total yards for the guy in today's game, which you know, it's incredible, and he's continuing to really stack on uh, some of these games. And we talked about it, right, that retooled offensive line. Obviously, they did allow three sacks today to Houston, who hasn't been overly aggressive when it comes to taking down quarterbacks. This year, uh, I know there's maybe one early where you know Mitch is holding on to the ball a little bit more, but there were a few with uh, a decent amount of pressure in his lap. Uh, but they, again, they helped springboard that 80 yard run, so it's like you take some good, you take some bad. What was your assessment? Is this still a, a move that you think they're starting to see some of that dividends on? Because I do, obviously. Uh, we're seeing them be more effective, I think, now too, with uh, this is their third straight week. They just kind of looked and felt like more of a cohesive unit. And I think everyone's starting to understand their new role up front.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Well, look, blitzes still will give them a little bit of trouble. That's where a couple of those sacks came from in this game against the Texans. But running the the plays that they're supposed to run and you know get positive yardage out of whether it's a first down run or you know it, it just give Trubisky an opportunity to throw the slant pass. Like the offensive line is doing their job, and that's with. Two undrafted guys in the middle of it, right? And I think the Bears are going to look at this and assess like, okay, do we feel comfortable with going with one of these guys or two of these? Like even for back for depth, I think they would. Sam mustafer is going to be the key here. Well, if he could play center, uh, and you get James Daniels back and Cody Whitehair's whatever guard whatever guard they actually you know settle on, that could be an interesting little group you don't have to go out and draft a guy high to to man the interior hopefully but it does give the bears at least some options to think about and the no, the the offenses look so much better these past three games than it has you know in the previous you know five six weeks and you have to take that into account for what you know the bears have done offensively and that's actually scored some points so yeah it's going to give them something to think about in the offseason for sure
1: yeah, and I know people really like Alex Bars, and he's been playing well. And I know he's been playing well at guard, but some people, uh, I see Bacon in the chat, you know, maybe you can try him at tackle next year. And I think all options are going to be on the table. And as long as they can continue to play well, they're going to give themselves a serious look uh, throughout next offseason. Um, but as of right now, like I told you when it came to Sam Mustafer, it's hard to take one game and go, oh, yeah, you can project him forward. But now we're talking about three decent games, and we have – Three more to go. So if we can put together a solid six-game stretch here, I think that's really uh, something for him to hang his hat on and for the Bears to really put themselves in, like you said, in that interesting territory of how they want to kind of approach the offensive line when it comes to – next season uh and again i we talked about on robinson a couple times i just wanted to point out nick uh on the show that my bold prediction was over i think i said 120 yards receiving and two touchdowns and he finished with uh, 123 and one score oh i had 10 catches for 120 and two scores so he only had nine catches and i think he had one in the end zone that he was unable to corral if i remember correctly so i think we're close on this one
2: yeah, he was real close to making your bold prediction basically come true, and it was it was pretty darn close as it is as it stands right now with the nine receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. But yeah, good good, really good close prediction on that one. Well, and just predicting the game right, like I had this go going in the completely opposite direction for the Bears. So kudos to you and getting getting your doing your homework and just getting things right. Yep, pat yourself that's, on the back.
1: That's right, got it. And on <laughs> top of that too, we talked about that down, downfield blocking. Robinson had two key blocks in this game one was on the David Montgomery one uh, when he was able to reach the second level he had that yep. corner locked in and all David needed to do is make that safety miss instead of having two guys to work with so I want to make sure that's pointed out and then on top of that too uh the play to Mooney where he steps out at the two uh Robinson two right there down the field locked on a block and that's awesome to see and Uh, Nick, I know he's looking for a contract here, anywhere, and when you have a game like you did today stat-wise, putting up all those yards, coming down with all those catches, and you're downfield blocking with that kind of effort, that's something else, too, that coaches, GMs, scouts see on tape, and they're going to want a player uh, like that on their football team, and they'll pay good money for someone like that. So just to make sure we point that out uh, yet again. Is there anything else uh, about offense? I actually have one more, so I'm going to cut you off. The Bears did something today, Nick, that we haven't seen them do a lot of. They took advantage of an opportunity to score before the half and could do a little two-for-one because they are able to come back and they got a field goal to start the third mm-hmm. quarter. And, again, woo-hoo, It's a field goal? A, you already had a big lead, so I'll take points. But, B, it's also the third <laughs> quarter that the Bears' offense has been pretty much completely uh, shut out in all season long. But, yeah, they had the chance – uh, they got the touchdown before the half and then they're able to get that field goal as well. Uh, obviously it, it's week fourteen, it's a bad defense. I know I have to keep prefacing <laughs> this, but wasn't that like something that we wish we could have saw more of, but also something at least we can be proud of that we saw today?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um definitely you know, it didn't happen very often at all previous to today, so you'll take it for sure. Um the only last thing that I wanna mention here before we we transitioned to that defense that played lights out as well is that um i think it was after that was it after the halftime or right before the halftime touchdown to robinson there's a pan over to trubisky and robinson and they just look like they are having the best of times like smiling i think uh, it's mitch who hits robinson on the shoulder pads everything just looks so good and like you think about um, those two players, in particular, we don't know if they'll be a part of the Bears, you know, roster organization twenty twenty one. More so, we don't know about Robinson because it looks like Mitch, it's gonna be done here. But it's, um, it was, it was nice to see. I'll say, like obviously those two came in together. Um, well, Trubisky was there a year before, but it was just nice, a nice little moment that they can celebrate in this thirty six to seven win that they they dominated the Houston Texans, and you know they were a big part of it.
1: Uh, Cole Komet just said post-game, I'm not trying to dance around anyone. I I think we saw that. He's not trying to dance around (laughs) and get around anybody. He is going to run you over. But, no, Nick, you're right. That was such a good moment uh, to see. And on top of that, I don't know, for an offense that has nothing to celebrate at all for this season, to have a few of those today, again, really bad defense that's been playing okay. Um, But we've also seen bad defenses – take care of this offense, so I think that needs to be said as well, Um, but it does put a smile on my face uh, to kind of see that because, again, uh, those are moments that I think we all wish we had more of, uh, including the players on the field, and uh, just kudos to them for sticking through and, uh, again, they kind of completely just came out here, went through the motions, won or lost, but they didn't. Uh, They they had a whole different vibe to them today, uh, which is really tremendous to see, and I was just glad that we got to kind of watch that together so we can kind of Really, just relish in it for just a little bit more than maybe just doing the one podcast. But yeah, Bears offense did some good things there. Obviously, the second half went more into a game holding down this tremendously large lead, which is fun to say, uh, by the way, (laughs) uh, holding down a large lead there in the second half. And uh, the Bears defense, which we're going to get up to in here in just a moment, is going to uh, they also did their their job too so uh last chance for offense Nick just wanted to make sure if there is anything
2: else in your notes that you wanted to mention yeah and actually well we didn't take many much notes this game so uh that's all I got they look the offense looked good they didn't give me anything to really gripe about that's what I usually do in my notes uh as of late just put, okay here's another missed block here's another you know missed opportunity but the Bears did a good job from keeping me away from, from my notes and actually putting points on the scoreboard this game, which was, like again, nice to see. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think it all stems from the
1: ability to run the football. You have a proficient or, at least I would say, uh, an offensive line that you can play football with, and we're starting to see how things can go. And, like you said earlier, too, Bill Lazor, uh, really doing some good jobs with uh, having plays build atop one another, tailoring to his team's success. And I do think he's starting to get comfortable in his role, his role with Mitch as his quarterback. And, again, I'd be excited to see how they can kind of build off of this. Uh, who knows where it can go. But uh, and its one game, and I'm going to take it for what it is, and there's a big grain of salt there with it. But as it sits here on uh, December 13th here in 2020, uh, I'll, I'll say you know, good job to this offense, and uh, let's see what they can do here In about a week. All right, Nick. Before we jump into the third quarter of the show, uh, do you want to let people know how they can uh, support us uh, with their donations, so that way, when we get to the preview show here later on our week, uh, we can give them a shout out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So as we are going to start very soon, preparing for next week's matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, who did lose today. And for that preview show, if you want to get a shout out or you know give have us give a shout out to one of your friends or family members, here's how you can make that happen. You can send us any kind of donation through Venmo or PayPal, and at Venmo our handles at the Chicago Audible. If you type that in, you should see my name Nicholas Moriano and the Chicago Audible logo. Or if you want to send us a donation through PayPal, you can send it to www.chicagoaudible.com PayPal. Again, all these donations, they go towards us just helping run this show, the equipment, the software, um, just everything that we use to make this happen. That's what these donations are for and you get a shout out from it. So again, you can do that through Venmo at the Chicago Audible or on PayPal, www.chicagoaudible.com PayPal
1: and on top of that too nick i already got a couple on paypal throughout this game uh, which is tremendous and one from scott davis he told us uh, before the game on twitter he would donate the final score to us so whatever the bears score and the texans scored and so we got a 36 dollar zero seven cent donation which is again awesome to see and that was a really cool idea scott uh, just so thank you you'll get a your official shout out in the show but i just want to say that was really awesome and i'm actually thankful the bears had some offense today right <laughs> to have something like this so that was uh thank you mitch and matt Nagy for uh, helping out the chicago uh, audible here today and one last thing about the bears offense and then we'll officially switch gears nick you and i we just had that whole discussion it was about you know 25 30 minutes
2: we never mentioned jj watt which is a good thing well those tackles um you know they've had they've had their struggles and we we know that and Jermaine, there's been guys going in and out but they weren't that big of a factor and that's always a good thing to know um because that that's the one guy will that you pointed out in the preview show you had to block jj watt and everyone knows that it's easier said than done but he didn't have that that jj watt s game and that's that's really good for for the bears and why they had success today uh, on offense
1: for sure. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to mention his name. Uh, I think my goal and what I'm thinking happened is, you talked about all that portillos this week, I'm pretty certain he went a little overboard yesterday, today, a little bit full, maybe a little heavy-gutted, and, uh, and I'll take it. It seemed like he was getting better as the game wore on, so maybe as he kind of burned through that pregame meal, but... Uh, whenever whenever you can take a, a victory against a, a guy of the caliber of J.J. Watt, uh, I think that's that's big. Uh, he didn't have any of those game-wrecking plays or anything like that. There's actually a play where Mitch made a good throw with J.J. in his face, uh, which for Mitch, who kind of shells up under pressure, to see number 99 coming at him and still deliver a good throw, uh, another just small positive to take away from this one. But let's get over to uh, talk, stop talking about J.J. Watt. Start talking about our defense. And, Nick, they only gave up – seven points today they did allow uh 50 percent uh conversion rate on third down but i would say most importantly uh they were uh, they shut the texans down when they had to go forward on fourth and on top of that too they did a good job of keeping houston out of the red zone today they did kind of kill some drives early uh they did have a couple of turnovers it felt very much like a a bears defense that we saw before the losing streak kind of happened didn't it
2: yeah, it really did. There was a pass rush. They were actually, you know, playing their their Ben Don't break defense, which we haven't seen in a while. And that's why I wasn't very confident going into this game. And look, Deshaun Watson was going to make some plays, get outside the pocket and, you know, make some people miss. And he did that today, but the Bears defense overall was able to mitigate the damage that could have happened in, in this game and, you know, when you have a safety, you have, uh, obviously, a turnover on downs later. And uh, when Deshaun Watson gets hurt, you get the backup coming in, a turnover on downs. There. So the Bears' defense rallied to the football, didn't allow some of these bigger plays to happen, and they took advantage of an offense that was missing a lot of key player playmakers. So this, not that the Bears' defense was supposed to make it look like this, is still Deshaun Watson back there. You can still make, like I said, a bunch of things happen, but they really took advantage of what the Texans didn't have and only gave up seven points that it it was a phenomenal bounce back day for a unit that was still looking or Matt Nagy was looking to have some pride in that unit they had some pride today for sure kept out you know kept the one of the top quarterbacks in the league in check and gave him fits all day and you know he he looked pretty banged up well and there were times where obviously he had to get go out of the game because he got hurt but for for a player two, and uh, the Bears defense was all over him today
1: yeah, only held him to the one touchdown. And again, Watson, he's been top five quarterback, and even with pressure. I think he did show that today. Some tremendous plays. Again, I don't want to gush about him too much. we got to focus on the Bears. But when he has a guy in his face or almost like around his waist and he's up in the air and he's still able to make throws, it's stuff like that that, you know, it's, it's incredible to watch. And being all the way up here, I don't think I get to watch as much Deshaun Watson, honestly, as maybe as I should um, because he is mm-hmm. a, he, he's a different kind of – kind of quarterback there. But, Nick, seven points does tie the season low for Houston this year, uh, which they had earlier this season against the Browns. And over their last three weeks, they were averaging about 27 points per game, the Texans were. And I know they have some injuries, but this was an offense that's been doing some good things uh, over the last month, and the Bears found a way to, to stop it. I think a lot of it comes from the pressure as well as the ability, besides Watson, to not allow too much on the ground. A couple of big plays to both uh, you know, the Johnson and Howell, but uh, outside of a couple of longer runs, for the most part the Bears were able to bottle up the run. I think that was the key to the Bears success. Which one or maybe it is something different was to at least to you the key of the Bears really just clamping down uh, on that Houston offense.
2: Yeah, uh I mean that's I think that's the the interesting question will because they had such a successful day but was it because they just didn't miss as many tackles like as the Bears defense normally has was it that they actually reverted back to their old selves in terms of bend don't break actually got pressure like things just aligned and for for a Houston Texans offense that like I mentioned was missing so many key players there just weren't those times where Deshaun Watson could have pinpointed like okay I'm going to rely on this guy to win his one-on-one one-on-one matchup the Bears defense was a giving that to, to this Houston Texans team, the luxury of having that that option, that go to guy. Like sometimes like you mentioned, well, those running backs were able to get to the edge of the Bears defense, which you've seen at times they, they were able to capitalize on, on those types of runs, but where it really counted, where like the big chunk plays like it just really wasn't there outside of the Duke Johnson who had a 48-yard you know, pass, like that that screen pass, right, mm-hmm. that went for, for a good game. That was, like, the one play you look at, like, okay, guys got um, out-leveraged, they got blocked, and it was a big play that happened. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that if, if that was the drive where it was a turnover on downs or maybe, maybe I, I misspoke on that. But still, like, that's the one big play that I think about from the Houston Texans offense, and that's really it. And I think if that's the case, like there's been times, well, these past two weeks where it's like, Oh, it's a Galladay touchdown. It's, you know, major peer, like you can pinpoint to huge plays that have happened. Duke Johnson's 48 yard reception on a screen pass was their big play. And that was it. Yeah.
1: Other than that, I think their next longest play went for like 15 yards. Maybe they had a couple um, in that territory, but yeah, the, the bears did a good job of limiting some of those big plays. And when this defense does limit those, they're good enough to keep, Offenses off the scoreboard. And honestly, by the time they started to allow Houston to kind of creep back into Bears' territory, it was when the game was so far out of reach, they just had to start going for it on fourth down. Field goals wasn't going to cut it, which, again, that's awesome because that's what complementary football does when you're playing really well on all three phases. Uh, but yeah, Nick, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, too, uh, on this defense is we did see uh, a couple changes throughout this game. I know uh, Jalen Johnson had to leave the game with a shoulder injury. And with a guy with a history of shoulder injuries, that's concerning. I know in his career, he's had both of them kind of worked on, so it doesn't really matter which one it is. It's it's going to be a concern. There wasn't an update after the game, so that's something that we'll have to keep tabs on throughout this week. Um, but we saw Duke Shelley uh, start in place of Buster screen today. And, Nick, I don't want to steal all your thunder, but you liked
2: what you saw out of Duke Shelley today, right? Yeah, it was just like we didn't have to call his name out, and for the most part, he was in position – on whoever the you know the, the slot receiver was for for the Houston Texans and I think this has been something that I've been wanting to see for a little bit of time now, especially with how Buster Screen has been playing, but he took advantage of the opportunity that he was given, right? Will and just made the most of it and wasn't a he wasn't a factor in today's game in terms of the Houston Texans having success. More so he took away one of the few options that Deshaun Watson already had and you want to see that out of your young players if the bears are gonna you know go with these remaining three games might as well test these young guys and see what they can do because buster screen look older and i i think it's a friendly cap hit in terms of cutting him if you want to do that next season see what you have in buster screen or, or Buster screen duke shelley and then also <laughs> Kendall Vilder who we saw in place of jalen johnson he he gave up a reception along the right sideline, but he was in perfect position, and he hits the ground you know, with his fist knowing that he's right there. Almost about, oh, could have gotten a PBU on it, but I like seeing these young DBs. I want to see more of them as the season continues.
1: I do too. Uh, in, in particular, Duke Shelley, uh, just because that's who they do believe, obviously, that can be next in line for the nickel. And if you're looking to the next year, that may be a really intriguing option because as we've seen throughout these last – I don't know. Two seasons it feels like. Like offensive strategy is let's attack number twenty four. Go after Buster Screen. He's the weak link. And it didn't feel like they had that kind of outlet today. Uh with Duke Shelley. And again, Houston, they were down a few of their, their weapons and I think we have to take that into consideration. But you only are you know, you only can be measured against or we only can look at what happened today which was positive uh, for Duke Shelley so I think that's something that's really really uh, exciting and like you Nick it could be an interesting uh, just like the offensive line you got to start looking at some of these young guys and start really projecting of how they can help your franchise here in the future Uh, when you're looking at the rest of this game obviously Roquan Smith was all over the field today right 12 tackles two sacks three quarterback hits like he was He was all over. And I think that was purposeful. I think when you have a guy with the athletic ability of a Deshaun Watson, you kind of want to match that up with your own athletic ability. And that's going to be Roquan Smith uh, for this Bears defense. And then even his counterpart, Danny Trevathan, real quiet in terms of, like, the type of game he had. Um, But I know he's around that fumble uh, that we had uh, that he was actually down, but he was part of the perhaps – forcing it with that gang tackle. But he finished today, too, with 10 tackles. Nothing, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, but uh, he was just engulfing in, uh, you know, receivers and running backs around the middle of the field. And I don't remember you and I mentioning Danny Trevathan's name once watching the game, which, again, shows you how quiet yet effective he can be. He's almost like a silent assassin out there at times.
2: Yeah, I like, I like that uh, analogy there, Will. And I think, look, that goes to a credit for – the defense not allowing the Texans to really take advantage of that matchup, especially in, in pass coverage for with Danny Trevathan, who's been, you know, up and down this season, let's be completely honest. But today that wasn't the case. And given that the Houston was really hurting for, for guys to really throw it to, they couldn't capitalize on that one. But I like uh, those linebackers didn't allow the what, last ranked rushing attack to be I would say a huge, huge factor, which is good. You shouldn't allow that to happen, right? But, yeah, the linebackers were, were doing what what they've done, um, even in this six-game losing streak. They've been flowing to the ball carrier and making some good tackles. Just to kind of go back to the bus screen, it's only a 3.3 million cap hit if the Bears want to you know, close that, that, that project for, for next season, which, um, going back to the young guys, what could be a realistic option in terms of what the Bears want to do there. The only other thing, Will, that I have in terms of what the defense did well, and this goes complimentary football, like you mentioned, with a lead, I think the defense was able to maybe, I guess, take some, some more, had a more experimental process in terms of running stunts. Like you talked about this, Will. When you run a stunt, you leave yourself open to maybe getting gashed on the edge because you had that guy literally leaving that spot, replacing somebody else in a different gap. So, but with the Bears having a the lead, they can experiment when they want to run these, and sometimes it worked. But sometimes, like on the safety for for um, Khalil Mack, it, it it works in your favor when Bilal Nichols is getting a sack because someone else is, you know, engaging with your initial blocker and someone else is coming around, usually free, ready to sack the quarterback. But you have, to, I think, you have to. It works more effectively. When your defense has a lead. And the Bears' offense gave that to the defense. They were able to try a few more things in terms of pressure and where it was coming from. That's why the Bears, I think, had a lot more success in this game than they've had in this six game losing streak. They had a lead. Now they can actually do something with it.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely, right? I mean, whenever you do have a lead, it's easier. Unfortunately, I think we've seen. That's not always the case. Over like the last two weeks, yeah. uh, the offense can score, and the defense still kind of be a letdown. But today was a game where everyone on both sides kind of held up their end of the bargain. And when it comes to Watson, I know he will sacked six times, and that's that's a really that's a great stat for the Bears. That's been desperately needing a pass rush. But we need to remember that Watson did enter the game uh, with the third most sacks uh, taken this year, with 33. Uh, but again, uh, I thought the, when the Bears got the sacks, they mattered and they really helped kill some of those drives. And there were a couple of times when Watson was able to make up for it with his legs or with a good throw, and that's just what he does. Um, but for the most part, uh, the Bears were able to hold him in check. I know he, Watson, he topped 300 passing yards in three straight games, six of his last nine entering uh, this game. And on top of that, the Bears, if you, take, if you take the sack yards into equation, they only allowed 155 yards passing today. So that's almost half of what Watson uh, has been getting lately. So that's, again, another testament to this Bears front seven, the secondary, especially one that did have to play uh, a man down, which, again, maybe that was a potential benefit or maybe uh, actually a a boost to this unit. Um, But this is one where uh, I did want to at least mention that as well. And this Bears defense, too, they were allowing – uh, you know, two or more passing touchdowns every game since week seven. That didn't end up being the case. They just came off a season-worst 400-yard uh, passing uh, performance. Well, allowed, I guess, to Stafford the week prior. So uh, the turnaround is nice uh, as to, to see. And uh, obviously, uh, you have to take everything in consideration. But um, I'm I'm very pleased with what we saw here today. And another person that we talked about. Early in the game, very first play, you were like, oh, wow, Kyle Fuller. He loves to lay down, uh, you know, lay the hit. And then after that, quiet. The only thing that's interesting, though, is when Johnson went down, they did put Fuller on the other side. So they've put him where Jalen's usually at, which I don't know if that was one play or if then they started maybe, you know, switching uh, with Vildor. Uh, That'd be something actually to go back and look because Fuller, over the last, you know, handful of seasons, primarily played on the left side of the defense. Let's see him lined up on the right. Uh, was a little bit of a shock to me. And Nick, when I look at, you know, we talked about some good plays and individual efforts from some guys up front like Bilal Nichols and uh, even towards the end of this game, Mario Edwards was getting in there as well, (laughs) making some uh, havoc. (laughs) Can we also mention, though, that if you look at the entire box score for the defense, there's one name that doesn't even make the cut. And we had six sacks today, and he's paid to get after the quarterback, and he's not even on the list. He did not register a single tackle, a single quarterback hit a single pass deflection, nothing.
2: Even Joel E.A. Buniwe was on on the you know box score here. Kendall Vildor, Josh Woods, obviously they played later in the game, but yes, that one player is, in fact, Robert Quinn. And, yeah, I think it's just he had – there was a play where he had Deshaun Watson who was on a stunt, right? And Robert Quinn has a free shot. Deshaun Watson's right there and – you know credit watson he makes people miss i get that but when it's going bad Will, it's really going bad for robert quinn it's he can't catch a break and you know it's it's just a another move that you can look at in the whole you know list of moves that ryan pace has made where you're like wow that was such a miss and it continues to to happen today because he's just not he's not a factor Will. He is not a factor we saw travis gibson you know play some snaps in this game we saw um i think a little bit more mingo too as Mm -hmm. well but it's like at this point you just need to get other guys out there and i know there's a look the money probably doesn't even allow the bears to really do that and to say that's justifiable but his play should be more than enough to say like yeah we just need somebody else there any a body just just a number could do better anybody else that's not number 94 right now could be better than Robert Quinn. No, early on in the game he was around Watson. He was in the neighborhood
1: of Deshaun Watson, and either he gets pushed out of the play, Watson runs right by him, and he's like looking as he's watching him go, or he's laying on the ground. Uh, like it's, it's, it's tough to watch. Uh, and uh, luckily for us, we didn't have to like key in on him. But I was surprised when you were talking, and I was just looking at the defensive stats and just trying to see what stood out. I was like, wait, Quinn didn't even register anything like how like how can someone be out there for as many plays as he was and not even have some sort of contribution uh, that can show up here it's nuts uh to say the least but anything else about this bears defense i do want to give a quick shout out to deandre houston carson uh, the bears did a good job on third down today for the most part about 50 percent uh, allowed which is better than we've seen over the last few weeks Um, but there's a really good play open field tackle from uh, DeAndre Houston Carson and he's someone that doesn't play a lot of snaps on defense still but also someone that with his limited opportunities this year he keeps making plays and uh, as you and I were talking in the live show maybe his career trajectory can be like a sheriff McManus where he's that special teams ace but when you throw him out there in defense uh, even if teams thinks he could be you know that's the player that's maybe your liability, uh, he can prove you wrong. So another good play from DHC and he's had a few of those this year. so I want to make sure to give someone who's never really talked about uh, a little additional credit here. but is there anything else about this Bears defense
2: today? The only other thing and I'm actually going uh, a negative here well, it happened on the first.
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds.
2: Eddie jackson has an interception hit him right in the hands of chest, and that's a guy who's had it pick six is taken away from him and we're still waiting to see that first one this is a gimme this is a gimme right to eddie jackson in the middle of the field he, he drops it there and you know we're still waiting when is eddie not that eddie jackson hasn't made plays this season but like come on that's that's one where you kind of expect him to make but Maybe a better transition here because you brought up the name, and we're going to obviously talk quick hit on special teams, right? Well, Sherrick McManus, he causes that fumble on that kickoff, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just a guy who knows his role, and he's better than anybody that I've ever seen was that a, in that no, role. Just that was a punt, right? A, oh, it was a punt. Sorry. The perfect look. On the, he gets the hand on the ball. I think also the helmet also comes and what actually knocks out, but that's just Sherrick McManus – doing what he's kind of always done for this Bears team just the dirty work and we can't take that for granted because he's been so good and stable at that position but that along with you know Cairo Santos again with special teams just being a consistent solid point scorer that's what you get when you get Cairo Santos on the field when he gets his opportunities to kick field goals you guys he doesn't miss he is spot on I think I said it during the live live show, Will, but last field goal miss was that 50-plus yarder in Week 3 against Atlanta. Since then, Cairo Santos has been automatic. And for a position kicker that the Bears have been trying to solve since Robbie Gold left, it is nice having Cairo Santos go out there. And, you know, Will, I don't know when for you, like the the jitters or like the, the feeling of, like, is he going to make it, is he not going to make it, went away, but... When he goes out there, I'm like, okay, I already have it in my notes. 43 yard field goal is good. Well, why like, would I you used do to that? always put? I know, I know, I know, I I know 43. I should have said some random number, but I used to just put ellipses, like whatever yardage is ellipses, and then I'd write it out. But now I'm just finding myself writing out it's good because that's that's what Cairo Santos, the confidence I have in him, just whenever he goes out there to kick field goal.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know either. We should actually go back and, like, look at our shows because there was a point where, like, okay, he's doing some good things, but will it continue? And uh, I would be like, it did come a point, though, and I can't pinpoint it in my memory, but we have gotten to the point where we feel like he's automatic, which is awesome. And again, to ha- like, it's an awesome feeling to have, and it's uh, something that I do not take for granted. Uh, it's easy to do so, but with everything we've gone through at that position, don't take it for granted. Uh relish it, you know, cherish it while you have it. Uh, like Nick, you and I were talking about in the, in, the, in the live game, you know, it could be something this year and the next year be a completely whole different story. So like enjoy it while you have it. And hopefully it is something that can transfer over and we can have a position locked away here for um, just a little bit of time, but I have nothing else further. Uh, there's that one week punt from O'Donnell, but again, maybe nitpicky <laughs> here at this point, but that's the only other special teams jot that I had here in my notes so as we kind of get through the rest of this show here, as we kind of start closing things up, let's call an audible. Is there a moment in this game that you would take back? I mean, it's so hard when you look at a 36-7 to game to find a moment that you would want to maybe have a, a do-over or change something. For me, maybe is that throw on third down Allen Robinson late in the game that could have been a touchdown or at least extend that drive and the Bears could have put up another another score instead of just that field goal. And maybe Allen Robinson gets a touchdown in my bold predictions. Right. But that's kind of personal and a little greedy on my end. How about you? I have nothing further.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to see going back to, you know, some of these plays for, for the um, Houston Texans. But I mean, look, the one big play that they gave up defensively was a screen pass. And look, those are going to happen when you, you execute an offensive play perfectly. And the, the Houston Texans didn't have a lot of those plays. So if I'm going to call an audible it's like what do I have someone just pee in position a little bit sooner there but it's it's really nitpicking and maybe if I were to go back and really watch the game like oh you can really point to that play but overall the the bears you as a fan you should be proud of how you how you saw this performance in all phases you really should maybe you're rooting for for draft position and I get that I completely understand that but if you're looking for dominance over another NFL team That's what you saw today, and so audible, maybe the screen pass, but I really don't have much. You know, I
1: think you should trust yourself a a little bit more because that screen pass came on third and three. Houston was all the way back at their own 33-yard line, and then two plays after the fact, because that was the third down that they converted, they were in there as a touchdown, and that was their only score of the game. So if that screen pass does not happen, or if they can bottle it up, we couldn't be looking at a
2: complete shutout here. You know, well, it's so it's weird because I've, I'm like trying to look for the play, like where did it come on the touchdown drive, if it did, and like I have that on the play-by-play sequence on ESPN, like open, but for some reason I just missed it, like it just did not go into my my vision here. But yeah, that's that's the play I'd call an audible for because it resulted in the touchdown, the only touchdown by the Houston Texans. All right, there we go, Nick. As we get into this uh,
1: second-to-last portion of our show, it's time to hand out our MVB. Who's going to be your most valuable bear? Because we were asked who our X-Factor was near the end of the game uh, by my own son, and we thought this was actually such a complete team performance. You know, There's a lot of good individual efforts here, too. Can you determine or can you decide on one
2: for an MVB? yeah you know what? i'm actually going to go with with my guy david montgomery on this one i think that was the other person that we mentioned could be in in the running for it he you know accounted for 155 total yards of the bears offense today and a touchdown and in his last three games will david montgomery and i know this is a most valuable bear for this performance but he's been a part of this offense in all facets of the game 409 total yards between rushing and receiving the last three games for david montgomery and four total touchdowns like he's been on a good little streak and it's continued today his second 100 yard rushing game of of this season for him so david montgomery i think good things happen when the bears want to utilize him in the game plan and look he didn't have the the rushing attempts that maybe people are looking for only with 11 but you still will take the 113 yards that came with it and the touchdown and what he adds to the receiving game. So I will go with David Montgomery. David Montgomery is a very respectable choice and I do not fault
1: you for going in that direction. If you didn't, I probably would, but just to kind of change things up here on my end, I'll give it to Mitch. Uh, how many more times in our lives are we going to have the chance to be- give Mitch the MVB award, you know, finish 24 to 33, 267 yards through the air, eight yards per pass, uh, the three touchdowns he didn't turn it over today honestly nick there weren't th- any real throws where i was like oh no like there was a couple that were tight but like nothing to, as soon as it left his hand that we're like throwing our hat down and stomping on it about uh so for me i uh, i like mitch and again maybe it was tailored to him a little bit today and credit to the play calling but mitch executed uh he spread the ball around he made some clutch throws when we needed him to in the first half It's Overcome some of those setbacks, sustain those drives, and come away with some points. And the Texans have only allowed uh, one quarterback since their bye week uh, before Mitch to score for multiple touchdowns, uh, which was last week, Phillip Rivers with two. Mitch had three tonight. Uh, so for me, uh, very dis- you know pleased with what we saw out of number 10. Uh, obviously, when you run the ball, it helps, but how he just looked, he had a different vibe about him, a little different energy. And he looked like he's having fun, he was playing loose, and he wasn't a reason why. We're, you know, potentially going to lose this game. He was a big reason why we won. Uh, So for me, I'm going to give it to Mitch. uh, And uh, again, I don't know how many more times we're actually going to have to do that. So I'm kind of just taking this moment in (laughs) and soaking it because, uh, you know, it's going to be sad. Uh, Again, it's probably needed, but it's going to be sad whenever that has to come to a close, but good old Mitch, 24-30, and he was on fire early on in this game too, like when's Mitch going to miss? We're watching Watson kind of (laughs) be sporadic Uh, people were telling us in the chats, Mahomes was having an off game, I was like, all right, here comes Mitch so it was uh, was fun (laughs) to talk about throughout the day, so I'll give it to Mitch and the reason why I didn't go defense, because I thought about it I thought that was more of a collective effort from a lot of different guys, and offense honestly, the same thing but maybe a little bit more so uh, on defense. Roquan would have been another easy one uh, for sure as well with the safety and just him being all over the field, those tackles for losses as well. So a lot of good efforts across the board, uh, which again, we didn't have any or many games like this this year. So it's, it's awesome just to kind of start, you know, gushing a a little bit about multiple guys here instead of just uh, like, what was it? Was it last week or two weeks ago? We said, none (laughs) nobody we're out, no MVB And here we are with some multiple options. So it's, the NFL so week by week all right Nick you ready for our two minute warning
2: yeah let's uh this should be an interesting one let's do it all right you're on the clock oh hope oh, the clock disappeared well why is it uh, okay oh. oh hold on Uh-oh. I have no idea maybe it will be an unofficial two minute okay I'll just go ahead I see the clock on there it's <laughs> rolling but the Bears are six and seven you guys this was a look i think everyone in the chat who's going to listen to this podcast you're you're gonna go into your monday feeling a little bit better right unless of course you're rooting for draft position and like i said earlier i get that but the bears dominated the houston texans today and when you ever see the graphic with all the playoff teams the bears really are in the hunt and it it may be a little bit little too late for for this you know maybe come back into being relevancy really but I, for some reason, it just for the last remainder of a couple of weeks of this regular season, I'd rather it be this way. To be completely honest, I, I get the whole draft position, but I I feel like I'm more motivated to go that extra step in terms of finding what's going to be that that matchup that really um, you know hurts the Bears in, in this next game. But it makes it just a little bit more interesting to watch and see some of these young guys how they can also capitalize on these key minutes that they're going to play, key quarters and drives that they're going to be a part of, like a Cole Komet or maybe even a Duke Shelley on the defensive side. I like seeing the development of guys, and that's what I'm going to be keying in on. I'm not so much worried about, you know, playoffs, but more so how do certain players that I know are going to be a part of the future for the Bears, how are they looking against maybe some subpar defenses that they're going to be playing? Maybe that overhypes or, you know, really overshadows what their stats are really going to be, but I think that's important in the whole process of things, in terms of what to look forward to. What can you take away from this bootleg game? Seems to work for the bears offense, and there's going to be moving parts within that specific unit. But I like what they're doing there. Keep building off of it. I like how the defense is playing. Get some more sacks. Get after the remaining quarterbacks are going to face this season. Play some. Try to win some games. Like I'm okay with that, and I know a lot of people won't agree with me, but that's it. Nice. Right, right on the
1: dot. Mine will stay. Cool. So for my two-minute warning, Nick, I'm very much in line with you. Uh, again, it's one of those where I have an inner battle kind of in my head. Maybe it's between my head and my heart, uh, to be most honest, right? It's yeah. like, logically, you want the best draft pick possible if you're not going to make the playoffs. Logically, you do see when you play some of these better teams and how those, like the, the loss to the Packers like that, you know that, there's some change that's probably needed. And again, that could be coaching, that can be front office. It can be a combination of both, you know, personnel, everything. And then you win a game like today and you have a game like today when you see the effort, you see the camaraderie, you see Matt Nagy getting fired up. And you're like, are we just a little bit too, you know, quick today to want to have to pull the plug on some Mm -hmm. things and needing that instant gratification? And maybe yes. And honestly, both of these can be true at the same time. Uh, so it's just an inner conflict, honestly, because who knows if we are closer than we are away. But again, when you are so inconsistent, uh, those are the questions that kind of keep you up at night right now. Like which team is a real team? And I think I'm still leaning towards this is a bad Bears team, and they just played a pretty bad opponent today. And we need to figure out what that means and how and what to take out of it, what stock to take from certain performances or not. But there are a lot for like Duke Shelley Uh, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Alan Robinson. These are guys that get me excited, and I want to see continue uh, as Chicago Bears. I know A-Rob's a tough one, uh, unfortunately for us, and we'll see how that plays out, but I just want to see whatever it is, whoever's going to stick around, I want to see that consistency build. Uh, I want to see them ending the season on a positive and really building off of it for the next year. I think playoffs are Like you said nick a a stretch and probably not going to happen but i'll take positives i can get them and today was definitely one of them Um, and for a very doom and gloom six weeks that you and i had here on the podcast uh, it just feels like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders i think you feel the same too where it's like thank god we don't have to come on here talk about another loss and and again it just felt very cyclical and then we're also getting cynical and today we kind of again we're smiling uh we're we have some banter There's some positives to talk about in all three phases, and it feels good. Uh, And it makes me, you know, yearn, I guess would be the word I'll say, for the days where we can have this more consistently like we did in 2018 because that's when uh, being a Chicago Bears fan, it's a ton of fun. Uh, And we had that a lot when we were younger. It's been a lot tougher now over the last 10 years or so, and hopefully we can find whatever the right answers are to get there yet again because I want more days like today.
2: I completely agree with that. Well, that was that was perfectly perfectly said because this like I know I wrote like an article earlier like probably what's best is that you know they keep losing clean house to get rid of some of the, the key piece or like
0: finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at tempurpedic.com.
2: The guys up top, but these are still games. These are still games we always look forward to every season watching the Bears on Sundays. Come on. Like we enjoy watching football and it's that much more enjoyable when they're actually winning and when we can talk about it and you know have these days. I completely agree with that. Um, again, not to say that change shouldn't be coming because it should, but it's still nice to see your team win. Let's, there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, I, again, uh, Bears win in blowout type of fashion, 36 to seven. And if you're listening to us and you're still here, uh, hopefully that makes you happy uh, because it makes us happy here uh, to cover that. I want to thank everyone. Uh, hey, first of all, if you're watching this and you also did join us during the game. You know, double thank you. Uh, if you're wondering what the heck are you talking about, uh, so again, for the first time ever, and we'll see if we do this more often, Nick and I did. Uh, we watched the game uh, over the live stream here and kind of shared our reaction and just kind of hung out uh, for a few hours, which is a lot of fun, uh, instead of me watching the games in isolation. Uh, so that was really helpful, Nick, by the way. Uh, and uh, we may do that more. Uh, so if you want to join us, if you're listening to the podcast, but you want to have us with you throughout the game, uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Chicago Audible. And, uh, something that I think you'll really enjoy here in the future. Um, but thanks to everyone who's listening to this post game show, whether you're on the podcast, whether you're on the stream, I don't care how you consume us, but just know you are super appreciated by both Nick and myself. Make sure to rate review our show on Apple Podcasts. We did have a couple come in uh, throughout this week. It really makes me happy to see those come in, knowing we're heard and appreciated. And again, it helps us reach more bears fans, just like you it helps us have a little extra oomph when we're talking to potential sponsors here for the 2021 season. And on top of that, too, it is around Christmas time. So if you haven't yet, you know, maybe that could be your Christmas gift to us uh, as well. But up next, Nick, it's Vikings week. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, let's let's go round two with that team. Uh, It should be an interesting matchup for sure. All right. Yeah, it should. Uh, We'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting
1: to see how the Bears look this time compared to the first time around. We'll be back here in a few days as we kind of begin our weekly preparations like we do uh, each and every week. So. Until next time, hey, guess what? Enjoy a freaking victory Monday. We all deserve to take one of those in. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.